Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is MBS Fitness Radio. All right, welcome back to MBS Fitness Radio. I'm here with Madre. Madre is known uh, as Madre because she is my mom. Uh, this is Jenny Allen. She's um, she's been a member at MBS Fitness since the very beginning, and even before the beginning. Um, and she just hit her a thousandth class, and so we wanted to one have this opportunity to just celebrate that and highlight that as a as a tremendous achievement, and two. Uh, to share some of the wisdom, some of the the um, some of the reflections that come from you know training enough times to do it uh, to reach a thousand. I think it's worth saying that I mean, it's probably really like your three thousandth. Oh, we yeah, just started tracking started it. Tracking. Yeah, yeah, this is a thousand <laughs> since we started tracking it, which was maybe four or five years ago, I think. Okay. Something know. like that four or five years ago. So considering we've been, this is our 13th year, you've, yeah. you've gotten a few more. <laughs> so you've yeah. probably done that multiple times over. Exactly. Um, but um, so can I give a, a, a quick description of what you did prior to MBS um, as far as training? Okay. Um, immediately prior to NBS, I would, uh, I was, had joined a jazzercise class here locally, which I enjoyed. It was dancing and that kind of thing. And uh, they they had little tiny weights, but it seemed like a lot at the time. But I enjoyed dancing, so that was fun. And I did that for maybe a year, maybe two years. I don't remember exactly. Prior to that, I was in martial arts, I, th- I want to say eight years um, went from white belt to a, a, a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo. Um, prior to that, when y'all were toddlers, real small toddlers, I did a little jazzercise then, okay. too. Yeah. So um, didn't really do anything that, that I can recall prior to that. Okay. That's been 38 years ago, so right. I'm not going to remember that. So most of your time has been spent doing group training. Um. What is, it, what is it about group training that you enjoy, that, that feels, like, what about that help, has helped you get to this point? The, the, the status quo is to start and stop fitness throughout the entirety of your life. Uh, and in many cases, just to stop and never rejoin it. It's for some reason, somehow, you've been able to maintain fitness doing something throughout the vast majority of your life, specifically, and definitely your adult life. So you've leaned into to group training to make that happen. What about group training has allowed that? Well, as it, uh, if it came to my training on my own, A, I don't know what I'm doing. B, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. I know I wouldn't do it. I might do it a time or two and just go, this is, it, there's nothing fun about it. Yeah. I really um, feed off of being with the other people. The people are there to um, help encourage us, to um, gently tease us, to razz us, to do talk all the smack, do the stuff, care about us. Um, that's where that's where I thrive, and I think that's where many people 
you might survive training, but you're not going to thrive unless you are doing it with a group or tribe that is your people, that understands and walks along beside you with that struggle. They know what it's like to um, fail sometimes, yeah. miss a lift, miss a, yeah. a movement or whatever, and then finally get it, yeah. finally get that double under um, to help you celebrate that and to encourage you when you're not hitting it to keep trying and keep trying. Um, we share each other's gym experience, but we're sharing life experiences yeah. as, as well. And that's been, um, that's been the biggest difference that, um, came to light very recently, um, when I, when I had a breast cancer diagnosis and I came in and these are the people I cried with. Um, so, uh, and to feel that close to them because we were living life together yeah. on that and they knew, you know, they were right there with me. So, um, that feeling of community is what we are wired for from the beginning. Yeah. People find community in, in lots of different mm-hmm. areas. Um, now, I would tend to agree that, at least in my experience, that community without some type of physical physical component does not seem as connecting. It's just something about doing together than just mm-hmm. being together. Yes. I mean, I, I think being together is that. great, but there's something just unique about doing together. Um, Doing something hard together yeah. makes all the difference yeah. in the world. Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of one. Uh, when you think about, you know, very difficult physical experiences. So, like, I think a lot of people can have an experience of like playing high school sports or whatever it be. But like for me, like high school sports was not nearly as hard as like college sports. Uh huh. And I didn't even make the, the, the statement that, like, college sports wasn't nearly as hard as powerlifting was. Yeah. You know, um, from a – from just um, the expectations, the the how much time you spent together, all that kind of stuff. But it, it's like those – I've always struggled to really develop deep connecting relationships that aren't centered around some type of physical struggle. And yeah, I think struggle is the key word. Yeah. When you're struggling through something with a community, yeah. that's that's a whole different thing than just sitting shoulder to shoulder yeah. observing something. Yeah. So then the person who's the person who's doesn't have that and it's just like I don't this, the person on the outside who looks into that and says like that seems miserable. Like, what do you say? You mean physically <laughs> miserable or? Yeah, I think there's someone who would sit there and go like, would look at what we do and go, that oh, seems hard. miserable. That seems hard. I want no part of that. Which is what, seems like what most of the I people I mean, that's do. like a 90, 90, 90 <laughs> exactly. plus percent of the people. But I mean, like our, our conversation is that, and that like community, like that's almost necessary for a deep human yes. connection. So the, the the suggestion would be that ninety percent of people probably lack deep human connection because they oh absolutely in, in the United States. So like, what do you tell the person who's like looks at that 
and says that's way too hard. I can't. I can't do that. I, I don't want. I don't want to do that. I want no part of that. Well, the um, the physical aspect of it, you can put as much or as little into it as you, as you want. Yeah. Um, especially the way we do the level method, you can you can go all out or you can just come in and go <laughs> through the motions. Yeah. But um, doing that in a community of people that are like-minded, um, equally yoked, as they say in the Bible, where they know what the struggle is, they know it's hard, they know how to encourage you, um, those relationships are are... Until you've had it, you might not know that yeah. you really missed it. And yeah. I, I'm going to um, uh, compare it to my previous Sunday school class where one of our fundraisers took a, lot of, took a lot of warm bodies to do. It took lots of work, lots of physical work, lots of mental work, lots of people to make it happen. We ran it for 20 years, and that group of people – will always be my tribe. Yeah. I don't care. I, I, I just went, I had a cocktail party with them Saturday night. So that will always be my tribe because we did some hard stuff together. Yeah. It was church stuff. It was not exercise, but it was very physical, very demanding, took a lot of time. Um, something about struggling and working hard together produces a cohesiveness that, that really I don't see how it can get produced any other way. Yeah. I, I've never experienced it any other way. Um, I've seen that same thing happen when we do, when in here, when we've, uh, when we've trained, when we've done a powerlifting meet, um, when we've been done any kind of competition or even not competition where you're sitting side by side with the same people, watching them when they do really well, encourage them when they're not quite managing it and um, celebrating with them when they finally hit it. Yeah. And you've mentioned before, how many places can you go where you can get a high five doing anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not going to get it at work. Yeah. Um, might get it at, at a church event if it's a physical church event or something. Yeah. But there's very few places where you fall on the ground happy and spent that you did that with in community with other people. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier about about the kind of progress you see when you first begin and then how that that just <laughs> stops. Yeah. We call it, you know, beginner gains, and at some point you're going to hit a plateau. Mm -hmm. And so um, the, long, the, the longer you've been training, the more, the more periods of plateau that you've experienced. So maybe describe some of those and then share, like, your thought process of how you get through that. Okay. In the beginning... I mean, I couldn't do anything. And I felt um, it made me feel 
not stupid, but it made me feel um, out of the ordinary that, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else can do this, but I can't. And, I, you know, I felt like, okay, everybody's looking at me because I can't do this. <clears throat> but those gains came fairly rapidly in the beginning where, you know, one week you, can, you can't lift the 45 bar doing a bench press, and then a couple of weeks go by, and now you got 50 on there. And a couple of weeks go by, and now you get 55, and you're building pretty um, steadily. You're seeing um, improvement in nearly all the movements that you're trying to do. Or you're, or in uh, in the CrossFit things, some of the the more complicated moving movements are starting to make sense, and you go, okay, now I know what that's supposed to look like. So you're making um, a nice arc of improvement fairly steadily, but there's a point where physically and somewhat mentally you're going to hit a plateau. Yeah. And for me, uh, bench press at 100, I think I got stuck. It felt like a year. If it wasn't, it was, it was many, many, many months. Could, yeah. Just could not hit it. Um, finally, finally hit it. And then, you know, I think my last one was 110. Um, deadlift, I was stuck for many months. I want to say four or five months at 205 pounds. That was mental. It was mental. Yeah. Uh, I would say with, with bench press, it wasn't so much mental as it was physical. But uh, deadlift, it was mental. I, I could feel it when I walked up to the bar. Yeah. That uncertain if yeah. I can hit it. It's finally, at some point, I hit it. Celebration all around. Um, so that now my deadlifts, my last one, um, last big one was 280. So... Under, when you do it over a long period of time and really consistently, and that's where the consistency comes around the most. If you're only coming in once a week or even two times a week, it's, it's going to be more frustrating because you're going to expect those plateaus to go way faster. Yeah. And they're not. Um, and understanding they're not, you just got to keep chipping and chipping. And you know what? If 110, I don't, I couldn't hit 110 now. Um, if 105 pounds on my bench is all I ever get, that's a lot more than I did when I started. Yeah, <laughs> so, there you go. But the um, just realizing, like anything else in life, your work, your marriage, or anything else, you're going to have. Troughs, you're going to have peaks. Power through the troughs. Yeah. Enjoy the peaks. Um, learn from them, and just realize that that um, you just got to keep chipping away. You can't walk away and say, "Well, I'll never, I'll never get that," so I'm just going to quit. Yeah. It's just to me that was not an option. Why though? Why is there value in continuing to push push through it? If a person was in uh, here, if a person is in here and they're just like, I've been stuck at this forever, and and you and they say, I've been stuck at this forever, and I see no path forward that I'll ever hit this, and you go, Well, you will. It just may take a year. Like, why is it? Why is it? Well, one, why is it worth doing if it takes so long? And two, why why is it worth doing if you never make any progress? Like. 
if you're if you'll never ever bench press 105 again, why should you even continue to bench press? It's hard to describe the feeling of confidence that it gives you when you break past one of those barriers, especially if it's taken a long time. Um, the longer you strive towards something and then you finally hit it, that's a huge confidence builder. Yeah. Um, and it does take a long time to, to be able to say, you know, I didn't hit it today, but I'm, I'm going to keep trying till tomorrow. I remember I told your children last week <laughs> at the ninja gym, I said, there are two words I do not like. They are I can't. You can say I'll try, but not I can't. Keep trying. Keep trying. Because when you, if you, if you walk away and give up that easily, you're going to walk away and give up on other hard things yeah. easily as well. It's almost that the value behind it is because it's so difficult. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <clears throat> it's absolutely. Like the, like, the satisfaction is, the satisfaction of accomplishment is in direct proportion to, <laughs> to how difficult it was or how long it took yes. you or, or maybe even how many fails built up to yeah. that final, that final moment where you actually had success. So that's, it's yeah. the, it's a sense of saying, Hey, like the value, the reason you should continue to do this and strive for this is because once you do push past this, it would be a, a deeper sense of gratification than you've ever gotten before. Absolutely. And it would be a new revelation of like that you can do these types of things. You can do things hard. You can do things that you did not think you could do. Yeah. And you can, um, that sense of satisfaction and confidence is, is incomparable. The, um, if you don't know what failure is, it's hard to really recognize what success is. Yeah. So if you walk away from something because you either failed at what you were trying or someone else is better at it, then you're, you, are, you are depriving yourself with that experience of success. And the confidence that it builds, and the and the sheer joy of breaking through, even if and I know kind of at my age, some of those um, I may not hit some of those lifts again. Yeah. Um, by golly, I did it well. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the value? So then they get shifts. What's the value? Continue to bench press if you know you'll never go higher, and that you actually may go mm -hmm. go backwards and lower. We were talking the other day about um, you and I were talking about getting out of the pool. That's what a muscle up's for. Yeah, <laughs> to be able to get out of the pool. And I was watching y'all on the paddle board out in the ocean, trying to get back up on the paddle board when you <laughs> fell off. I thought that's the value of keeping yeah. going yeah. because yeah. even though these things these things we do seem unrelated and to real life they are absolutely related to every part of life that you got to live outside of this gym yeah so um 
And I think just uh, having done something hard and survived it, which in some cases is when we're when you are really spent and really have hit the cardio max and all it's all you can do to breathe, you realize that um, other stuff's not all that hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I survived that workout and I didn't die. And so breathing is really, really important. Yeah. And this other, like my telephone not working, is not <laughs> that important. Yeah. Um, all right, what are some other lessons learned to get to a thousand classes? Like what, 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 what are some of the, what are the, some of the, um, keys you think have allowed you to be so consistent? Well, um, like I said, I'm fortunate. I don't have, I don't have, um, other people to have to deal with other than my husband. I don't have little kids to, who's schedules I need to go around so that's a um I'm very fortunate for that um a lot of it is I don't think about it the clock said I get up and go it is extremely rare for me to blow off a workout I did about two three weeks ago I have this arm injury and everything every part of the workout was arm and so I decided not to come in couldn't sleep well yeah. because I was feeling guilty about not coming in. So, I, of course, I had to go for a ruck instead because yeah. <laughs> just to, <laughs> to not feel like, okay, I've got to do something. But yeah. it's like brushing your teeth. I don't think – I don't have to decide every day, am I going to brush my teeth? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to get up and go. And, and I, we run into that all the time. If I see someone I haven't seen in a while and they'll say, were you still lifting? Yeah, are you still brushing your teeth every day? Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had a, a very serious glimpse recently into what life could be like if you don't say, don't stay with your training and you're not healthy and fit. And I do not want that. I do not want that for me. I don't want it for my children. I don't want it for my spouse. Um, and I want to do every single thing in the world I can do to mitigate that. Yeah. The um, to, <laughs> I think about, you know, people will say, well, why do you do all that stuff? You have sweat, and it's, I mean, it's hard and all that kind of thing. Um but there, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of studies that show you that exercise is, is the, the simplest, cheapest, fastest, most effective medicine you have against aging. Yeah. Why would you not? Yeah. And I think, okay, if, uh, if you're diagnosed with cancer, are you just going to go, no, I don't, I'm not going to do surgery and I'm not going to do radiation because, gosh, that's hard. Yeah. No, you're going to. You're going to throw everything you've got in the world at it because you want to mitigate that. Yeah. Why would you not do that for the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> Why? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. You'll, you know, we need to find a cure for cancer. Well, 
<laughs> we need to find a cure for heart disease and these things. Well, you got one sitting right there yeah. and hidden in plain sight. Yeah. And you refuse to use it because you're you're looking for an easier way. Yeah. You're looking for a pill to do it. Um, but for me, it's it's I'm a very habit person. You know, I, I'm very uh, methodical. I do things the same way all the time. So for me, I get up, I set that clock, 524 every morning, get up and go. Um, 524. 524. Why not 525? That's just what it landed on. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough time for me to, to do what I need to do yeah. and get on over here. Yeah. So, and uh, I, you ever, I get did up. You, did you sh- have you always trained in the morning? Was there any struggle? New York, I mean, you've been doing it for over a decade now, but, like, do you recall any struggle about, like, changing into training in the morning? Or No, I've, I've, I am a morning person, so that's not hard for me. And for me in the morning, I don't have any meetings or anything else scheduled at 6 in the morning generally. Yep, right. So um, no other life interferes at that time slot. Yeah. There's no meeting scheduled. There's no kids take school. There's none of that. That time of the morning, there's no time to talk yourself out of it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, the, the alarm hits, you get out of bed and go. So there's no time to second guess, am I going? I think that's a big key too. It's just you roll out of bed and go. Whereas if, you, if you're going at one of the later times, you might go, oh, well, I've got a got a meeting I got to go to or I need to do this or you get up and you're in the middle of the something and you'd have to stop and go yeah. I think that could really disrupt um, for me that would be disruptive yeah so I like to go in the morning it clears my head it gets my um, creative juices going in the morning yeah I can come in and take a shower I don't have to worry about getting sweaty later in the day so that works that has always worked well for me but I think part of the key is just there is no time to second guess yeah. that early in the morning. You're just out. Do you do you use a normal like like what keeps you from reaching over and hitting the snooze button? I mean, I think that's a that's a struggle most a lot of people deal with is like, yeah, I plan on coming in the morning, but <laughs> I snooze my alarm. I don't know that ever in my whole entire life have I ever hit a snooze. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> I just once. Once I'm awake, I'm generally yeah, awake. Okay. Now I have on a Saturday, awakened at five twenty four and gone. I got to get. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> I get to go back to I sleep back and again. gone right on back to sleep. I'm not a snooze button person. Okay. <laughs> Over the years, you've had a couple of injuries. So how do you deal with those? What's I mean, you don't get to a thousand. Cl- let me say, you get to you got to a thousand classes the fastest. Because 50 weeks out of the year, you do five classes a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go on a vacation yeah. a couple times a year, but yeah. outside of that, yeah. you're here mm-hmm. five days a week, very consistently, and maybe occasionally even on a Saturday. Um, so you've been injured, but you haven't let that, you haven't gotten injured and said, okay, well, now I'm going to take two weeks off or what, or, I'm going to take a month off or six weeks until this thing heals. So what's mm-hmm. your, 
what's your been your process or thought process that's allowed you to continue to train through injury? I think the first injury I can recall was uh, lower back from deadlift, which is fairly common uh, in deadlifting. And we fortunately at the time had a had a chiropractor here on site and a um, massage therapist that helped me work through those, but continue to work out. Um, it never, it, it was sore, but it wasn't incapacitating, not like some yeah. back injuries were. So, um, I've had scrapes and cuts and bruises and junk like that, that just from being dumb sometimes. But currently I've got, but I'm guessing maybe a bicep tear, I'm guessing shoulder. Yeah. Um, shoulder and it's coming down into the bicep and I've <clears throat> tried to try to just go ahead and work through it it wasn't getting better um, it felt like it was getting worse went to the doctor not sure what it is exactly yet but just lay, tried to lay off of it for a couple of weeks Use my left hand only instead of my right. Um, I have three other appendages <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that work fairly fine. well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's frustrating though to me to to. It never occurred to me to not come. Yeah. I did that one day that every part of it was arms. Yeah, it's yeah. like a. Um, I even thought about coming and just riding the bike. Yeah. <laughs> Watch everybody else do it, um, but. I have all the rest of my body that can do something. Yeah. So it's not just that, but also I miss that. I miss it when I'm not here with my my yeah. homies over there. Yeah. My friends. Um, I've come in on a, a time or two when this injury, and I have not done the strength portion. I've coached it. Yeah. Coached Sherry or somebody. Yeah. And just said, okay, I'm not doing that part. Yeah. I'm going to – I'll coach somebody else through it. Um, just to be here for them. Yeah. I, I, I feel an obligation is not exactly the right word. But in some ways I do feel an obligation to be here for them. Yeah. Because they um, – it sounds funny to say, but a lot of people seem to look up to me for that. So yeah. – um, I feel a kind of a an obligation to yeah to be there as an example if nothing else yeah and because I like being around them yeah so and I'm kind of I'm fairly conscientious about being an example yeah I'll, I'll go back to um, not with injury but when we were doing powerlifting meets I heard time and time and time and time again people walk up to me particularly women. And say, I, you are so awesome. I'm so impressed with what you're doing. Now, you know, <laughs> because I was about the only one my age doing it, that I guess had the courage to get up there and do it. Yeah. And that yeah. was very uplifting for me. And I really um, noticed, again, a kind of a sense of obligation to to be that kind of an example. I yeah. do like seeing older women lifting 
women in general, and having your grandchildren, male yeah. and female, see what that looks like. Yeah. That, you know, the gym is not just for male meatheads. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's for everybody. So, yeah, kind of sum that up, like part of your part of your ability to, to stay consistent, even through injuries or whatnot, is just kind of like, one, it's just a habit. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a desire to be part of the, the community. Like, one, is like, I don't, this is my, this is my, these are my people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, these are my people. I, if I'm hurt, I still want to be around them. Yeah. Also, a feeling of uh, a sense of, um, I want to be a good example. It's like, I, I know that the proper thing to do is if I'm injured, I still, still come and train. Mm-hmm. And I want to show other yeah. people that they can do that. Um, what? So maybe share with someone who might hear this and say, "You just said, um, yeah, they might have a bicep tear." So well, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want a bicep tear. I can't. I don't want to get injured. <laughs> what would you say to them? Well, my snarky thing to say was, "If you don't want to get injured, stay home and do macrame." But that's what what Mr. Cummings used to say to us. Um, It is a sport. Yeah. It's a sport. There's going to be, I'll tell you where I see more injuries that don't happen in here. Yeah. They happen outside of here, and we're dealing with them in here. I see that a lot. Yeah. They were out goofing around, working in the yard, or they were playing pick up basketball or something like that and that's where they got injured because they're not focused on what they're doing when they're outside the gym yeah in the case of my arm this has been ongoing for a long time to the point where i finally said you know this should have healed by now i need to go find out what's going on but um you're going to be sore if if your arms are sore today just wait tomorrow to be your legs. Yeah. That will go away and you will learn the difference between muscle soreness, muscle fatigue, and an injury. Yeah. Um injury is just part of life. Yeah. You know, if you're out walking I, the other day I was at the park and it's the fact that I didn't break my leg is a miracle because I had the rucksack on. There was a hole that I didn't see because it was covered with grass, and my foot went straight in it. And I fell, and I went, I probably would have broken something had I not been in better shape. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, you're going to – you could get hurt doing anything. Well, I'm going to say, like, you're you're going to get injured. You're going to get injured. Like, like remove from your – your head any any fantasy where you will not experience any injuries it's just that the resilience you build from the gym significantly decreases those injuries yes. yeah well i'll say when i the um i had my breast surgery on uh what day was that i think i had it on a tuesday i think i was back in the gym on monday yeah now i was pretty limited on what I could do, but I came back in the gym. Yeah. The, and I had uh, the, um, the radiation was a week where just because of the, the device used to administer that radiation made it where you really couldn't do anything. 
So I was out for um, 10 days on that. But as soon as they took that thing out, you know, I'm back. Yeah. So, and I, and I 100% think my fitness level going into both that surgery and the radiation um, made my recovery probably much faster yeah. than what other people might see. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, again, like talking about injury, you're, you're going to, you're going to have faced some physical mm-hmm. ailment at some mm-hmm. time. Like everyone, everyone on the planet gets hurt some way, somehow. Yeah. The resiliency you build in the gym makes it so that you're far less likely to get injured outside of here. Yes. And yeah. um, and the injuries that we do sustain in here, it's very clear how to navigate them. You know, they're, they're, you, you can overcome them. And, and you have the resources to help you yeah. navigate yeah. through them. And you're going the coaches to, work with you. Yeah, and you're, gonna, you're going to overcome that and heal from it quickly versus no resilience, no exercise, and so you're going to do something in life outside of the gym that's going to injure you. Mm-hmm. You're going to hurt your back, you hurt your knee, you hurt your shoulder. You're going to do mm-hmm. something, and you're going to sustain an injury, and you're not going to have the resiliency. You're not going to have the... Um, you're not going to have the history or the, or the um, resiliency or the knowledge, habits, skills developed in the gym to overcome it. So if you do overcome it, it will take you a long time. Much longer. <laughs> well, and a lot of it's preventing it. Yeah. Probably the one of the reasons I didn't break my leg following that hole was yeah. I was able to catch, yeah, so catch you're, myself. You're, you've built up the resiliency. I've enough balance, core yeah. strength to prevent myself from falling harder than I did. Yeah. And that's also like, or even a, uh, an ailment, which is like your mm-hmm. breast cancer, not necessarily an, an injury, but you're able to have the surgery and re and have the surgery, have radiation and essentially kind of be back to a hundred percent like in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's probably yeah. two weeks for yeah. us back at hundred percent. Whereas, you know, as someone who didn't have any background in training, that would not happen. Mm-hmm. They, they, they would be at best. It would take them a longer period of time to get back to 100% and more likely than not, they would, that would be a, a permanent decrease in functionality. It would have a permanent negative impact, if, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I think as people age, you can kind of think of, like, maybe your, 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 your base level, and then something happens, and you're, you're down. You're down. And you've lost. That gap has, has gone away. It's like the, the, the goal would be to be able to return back to that base yeah. level and maintain as high a base level as possible. But like for you know, I think of, of, of people who you know, they hurt their backs picking pick up the newspaper, and then like they have like a dramatic decrease in functionality of like, well, now I forever have continuing yeah decrease. Which point? Like yeah. I have a forever back pain mm-hmm. and can never bend over or never comfortable with bending over what it would be, yeah. and then that's like for the rest of your life that's yeah, not the case. Let me there's, pop a pill. There's no return to base levels. Yeah. Like you'll never be able to do these things again, which is. This is a scary thing to think about, but mm-hmm. uh, something that a lot of people <laughs> accept. Well, we were, one of the things that I noticed, just being able to navigate pain, um, 
when they when they did the incision to insert the catheter, they're all in there apologizing and going, oh, I'm so sorry. I was going, this is nothing. <laughs> this is a joke. Yeah, you yeah. Know, My pain threshold is, makes this seem like very... very yeah. It does. Yeah. You know, of the, of the things that I did, you know, there... Um, he said the patient ahead of me was just terrified of... of what pain that might be? I was going. This is a, this is nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's all relative. If you've if you've experienced pain and injury before, and you know the difference. Yeah. The navigating stuff that's outside of this encapsulated pain and injury is. Yeah, I think that's relative. like the uh, if you see, like I've seen people pull muscles before, and it, and. You know, they've, they've never pulled a muscle, and then they, it's, I mean, you'd think they were shot, <laughs> you know? And it's hard to, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to sympathize. It's hard to sympathize and not make fun of it a little bit. It's just like, I, look, I've, once you've pulled, mm-hmm. pulled enough muscle, it's just kind of like, pulls, it's just kind of like, oh, I just pulled my muscle, and that's what it that is, is, okay? Yeah, like, okay, go, okay, all right, roll on. All right, let's adjust and keep going. You don't, there's no like real, um, intense emotional reaction to it. It's just like... A, no, that's it's what, just one of the many... <laughs> yeah. You just get used. You yeah. get... Um, you get familiar enough with your body and what is normal and what's not to recognize it and know, okay, yeah, I'm sore today. That's going to go away. Day after tomorrow, it's going to be real bad. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then that's going to go away and I'm going to replace it with something new. Yeah. Um, what what do you think you, has allowed you to be essentially pretty in, injury resistant and resilient? Like you, I don't, you've never really had any consistency. Major, yeah, consistency. Consistency. I think when people start and stop, there's a, a thought that oh, I can start back right where I was. Yeah, and that's that's when you're going to get injured. Yeah. If you're not, um, if you expect too much out of yourself from the right out of the chute and you don't give yourself enough time to just to get in and learn learn the movements and learn that they don't come quickly yeah um if they came quickly they wouldn't they'd be too easy yeah um that it takes a long time and when you see some of these athletes on TV those are the Top one percent of the one percent. Yeah, yeah. Those are the that's the time. Then there's the the best of us for the rest of us. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. And and I think that's important. People when they walk in this gym or any other gym I've been in, everybody looks. There's tall ones, short ones, fat ones, skinny ones, all sizes. Yeah. Hardly any of them are buff. Yeah. Hardly any of them. Everybody else looks like like real people. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a misconception that you're going to walk in and everybody's going to look like a fitness model. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah, no. no. Nobody does, as a matter of fact. Yeah, Yeah, that's, um, I think that's where, like, social media has probably done more harm than good is Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's failed to highlight the average, the normal person. Normal person. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's. You know, maybe maybe 
maybe you're exposed to 100 to 200 very fit people, fit Instagram mm-hmm. influencers, whatever you want to call them, but who are just incredibly fit. I mean, that's like 200 people out of 8 billion. Like, like yeah, there, there's some, there are some people who are just genetic freaks. There's people who are, you know, there's, a lot, there's more than a thousand people. I, I mean, there's a significant amount of people mm-hmm. that are seven foot tall. Way more than a thousand yeah. people that are seven foot tall. But if That's all you saw was like, seven foot. yeah, if all you saw on Instagram was seven foot tall to you, my man, like I'm a, some crazy short here, just sitting at five eleven or whatever yeah. it would be, you know, it's just like, no, like you're actually above mm-hmm. average, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I think that's kind of how mm-hmm. it is with, with fitness as well. It's like, it's like, yeah, you, you probably get exposed to the extremes, this, the very very tip of the uh, bell curve, but like, no, the bell curve is typically the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. All the rest of us that just come in and do what we do every day. Yeah. You know, and it's, I, I never post myself on Instagram. Sometimes I get in the background of some other people's, but, and that's not, not what I'm in here for. Well, is there anything else you can think of as that was um, kind of a, Something you could share with other people, like, "Hey, how did you get here to a thousand? Like, anything else you can you can share?" Um, just that's that's got to be part of your day in and day out routine, and it's got to be important enough to you that that is scheduled into hardwired into your schedule all the time. Yeah. Um. The benefits of it are going to be long-term, and you have to consider it that way in the same way that you look at your 401K. Yeah. That's a long-term thing. You you get that money taken out of your paycheck so that you never see it, yeah. <laughs> and it goes in, and it just goes in, and it goes in, and it goes in, and it grows, and it grows over long-term until until you need it. Yeah. Um, but it's there. But building that habit of, of fitness is this exact same thing as building your retirement. Yeah. The earlier you start, the better it is. But you can always, there is no limit to when you can start. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's always beneficial. I think of it like, like, would you like to be able to retire well with you know, a comfortable retirement living. Yes. Like you would want to be that person. Mm-hmm. Like would you like to be the person who can retire at 65 with a million plus? Yes. Okay. Like what are the things that that person would do? Yeah, they would put money in their retirement account. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So well, you're not that person yet. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like to become that person, you have to make decisions like that person would make decisions. And likewise, it's like you might you might not see yourself and and identify as like the consistent fit human who does all this stuff. It's like, yeah, because you've never done that. But if you want to become that person, you're gonna have to make decisions like that person. So yes. as far as like making it a daily mindset. habit, is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's hard. It's like, yeah, it is. But in order for it to not be hard or be easier or to become a habit, 
you're just gonna have to you're going to have to make the decision now until it becomes a habit. So make the exactly. decisions. Yes. It's gotta be intentional until yeah. it's until it's so ingrained that it it's just a habit, it's what yeah. you do. Yeah. It's like you or, have, or it it is it's who you are. Right. To become and we've talked about that. Yeah. It's it's who you are. Yeah, to become that person where it is who you are, you're going to have to make decisions like that person would until mm-hmm. you become that person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, you know, you could wait for the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> Take the, is there an easy pill for getting fit? Yeah. About like getting the lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not likely. Doesn't, it's, yeah, it's probably, probably not in our lifetime. No, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. All right, Maja, well, thank you for coming on the podcast, sharing that with everybody. Thanks for having me. All right. MBS Fitness Radio, out. Thank you for listening to MBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.